0: Bismillah rahman rahim alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa mawala wa ba'da Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh All praise and thanks adu salli to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Jesus' peace, blessings and salutations upon our master and exemplar uh, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa sallam Jazakumullahu khairan for joining us here on the Isnad Academy Alhamdulillah this is a short follow-up Of our previous program Uh, it's not the official follow-up this is just because of some news that has come out since our last program and we thought it would be very good to just have a follow-up on that so we asked our our very own Dr. Salim Parker to come on board and uh, you know tell us about what the, the the recent events were and how that affects us as the community what we should know about it inshallah so before I get him on board let's officially have the start and we'll commence from there Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Dr. Salim Parker. How are you doing?
1: Walaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, I'm doing quite well after a 12-kilometer run before Maghrib. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. I know you were as well. So it gets the uh, endorphins going.
0: Subhanallah, it really. In fact, I'm still feeling very hot and flustered from the run. We did a bit of a shorter one because of the, the weekend uh, 21 kilometer. But alhamdulillah, you know, this is, uh, it, it really helped me get through the the downside of the pandemic. And of course, uh, we all need whatever we can, you know, as far as what we, you know, are able to do to help us get through this. And bi uh, we will get through this, inshallah. Doc, uh, since the last time we had the panel discussion, which alhamdulillah was very informative, Uh, As we said then, and we'll we'll reiterate, we did not manage to get through everything. Uh, I don't even think we managed to get through a quarter of what needs to be discussed. And therefore, we will be doing follow-ups, inshallah, you are part of that. We will be telling the viewers and the listeners uh, in a moment, inshallah. And of course, we are joined by uh, the Voice of the Cape listeners via their Facebook page this evening uh, on 91.3 FM. That's uh, Radio Voice of the Cape. But on this night academy we are broadcasting live on our youtube channel on our facebook channel because there are certain there were certain events that, that transpired since our last panel uh, discussion doc and uh, i feel that it was it was very important to bring this to the public's attention, because you know uh, what we also reiterated last time was that this is a developing story. We are literally in a story as it develops. You know, this is history in the making. I mean, a hundred years from now, people will be speaking about you know the the COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, so it's it's not surprising that things change and we learn new things and so on. Uh, can you tell us about what happened specifically in relation to the AstraZeneca vaccine? And uh, what is the real concern about that, talk? Bismillah.
1: Bismillah rahman ar-Rahim. Yeah, firstly, I mean, I always have this disclaimer that whatever I say today might be different tomorrow, a week later or a month later. Yeah. And this has been the, um, the case as far as COVID-19 is concerned uh, over the last year. We've seen new developments and we've seen unexpected developments as well. But what has also been very apparent is that there is transparency as far as the latest news is concerned. Just on Mm. Friday, we were still talking about the rollout of the AstraZeneca vaccine, which was supposed to start on the 15th, which is next week, Monday. Um, And then, because the latest news about the AstraZeneca vaccine, which was actually news that was developed and found out in South Africa, came out, it uh, was published Literally in the last few days, that threw a complete spanner in the work. Now, we all know that South Africa's already acquired more than a million AstraZeneca uh, virus, uh, AstraZeneca vaccines. In fact, there was Good a lot it. of fanfare when our president was there, the Minister of Health, uh, and then welcomed the first uh, million doses that arrived in South Africa. So, right. what transpired was that, let's, but before we talk about what transpired, let's take a step back. Remember when the when the pandemic started it was we let's call it the the wild virus or the original virus it makes it easier so mm. when mm. The original virus uh, surfaced the uh, lots of attempts were made in treating the disease of covid-19 and of course trying to prevent it by using vaccinations so mm. a number of companies and uh, and remember these uh, companies didn't fund themselves these were funded by uh, by the governments, um, for example, the American government, the European uh, nations putting quite a lot of money into developing vaccines. And yes, mm. it was developed quite fast. Yes, we don't know long-term effects, but the intention of these vaccine developments was to save lives. Why, mm. do we mention, why do we emphasize that? Over 107 million cases so far already in just about a year's time, more than 2.3 million deaths already worldwide. Due to this uh, novel virus. So we are looking at the pandemic of uh, mammoth proportions. So what happened was when the AstraZeneca via vaccine was developed, it was developed specifically against the original virus. And mm-hmm. this it was relatively effective it was about 67% effective in preventing mild disease um, Mm -hmm. compared to 95% of the Pfizer one, for example, and the Moderna ones, between 90 and 95% effective in preventing mild disease. But when it comes to severe disease and hospitalizations, and this is what we want to prevent, it was about 100% effective. So it was more effective preventing severe disease. And we cannot blame our government for trying to procure this, um, this vaccine. But we all know what happened in South Africa. Since October onwards, we had this, not the original virus uh, uh, dominating, we had this new variant. I'm not going to mention the name, but we all heard about that one. Mm. And the studies for looking at efficiency of this vaccine was happening at that time in South Africa. So even though it was known that um, it was about 67% effective, we were still conducting trials to see whether it is gonna prevent hospitalizations and so forth. But what happened in South Africa specifically was that 90 90 plus percent of the infections, especially from November onwards, was due mm. to this new variant. And it, right. uh, the studies that came out in South Africa clearly shows that the vaccine is only 23% effective in preventing mild disease. We cannot say whether it is effective in preventing severe disease because the study was not powered to do that. And uh, you know, it sounds fancy terms, but to put it in simple perspectives, we all know that about 2% of people who get uh, COVID 19 are going to die. Uh, that is just mm. the worldwide experience. Now, if I look at just my practice, for example, and this is how statistics work. If my first case that I diagnose passes away from the disease, um, my mortality will be 100%. But that is because my sample size is small. Only one right. person and only one person died. So it's a 100% mortality. Now, mm. if I have the next 99% uh, 99 of my patients all survive. So now it's one out of 100 who passed away. So now my percentage is 1% mortality compared to the worldwide mortality of 2%. So I can now say my practice is better off than, uh, uh, than the worldwide statistics. So it's again a case of what is the number of, of uh, subjects that you enrolled in the study. And unfortunately... Right. The study in South Africa could only determine how many uh, people were affected with mild cases because mostly youngsters were enrolled in it. So there wasn't enough numbers to extrapolate it to say, will it prevent severe disease or or will it prevent hospitalizations? We cannot say whether that will actually take place.
0: Okay, So, okay, as a consequence, now the government has decided to halt the AstraZeneca vaccine program. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. At the moment, they've called it okay. a, a temporary so halt.
0: The, the one thing that that struck me, you know, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of things going around as far as uh, is this a plot, you know, and so on. I mean, I immediately thought, you know, if this was a plot. To kind of just dupe people into taking a fake vaccine, or into giving them something that's harmful and so on, then this would have been the ideal opportunity because it's all you know it was already purchased, it's already there. Uh, just give it to the people because yeah, yeah, you know we don't care about them. But the fact that they halted it for me is somewhat of an indication that there's genuine concern for the people and there's, there's, there's checks and balances in place to make sure that best practices should be... Am, am I right in thinking that? Uh, because this was the first impression that I got.
1: No, absolutely. We have to take into account that the investigators um, running trials in South Africa are really hmm. world-renowned. Yes, right. uh, I mean, uh, you know, they might be funded by certain... Uh, uh, um, uh, certain companies that some people might have objections against, but the yeah. reality is they are recognized to be world experts in their field. When we look at someone like uh, Professor Shabir Madi, for example, mm. um, he, he is, he was at one stage considered one of the most influential people in the world. Professor wow. Glenda Gray, for example, is another one that is highly acclaimed, um, mm. worldwide as far as investigations into vaccines are concerned. Uh, Professor uh, Salim Abdul Kariba, uh, uh, is is a world authority as well, and if these mm. uh, authorities come and say we cannot vouch for the efficacy of the AstraZeneca vaccine to prevent mm. mild disease, then I think it is an uh, indication of the transparency of the uh, of, of the scientists and integrity of the uh, people who actually are advising our government at the moment. Yeah, also, I mean, the, if the, the I was federal, in that position.
0: Yeah if, yeah, if I was so. in that position and I wanted to save face, I'd just keep quiet, you know, just take the vaccine yes, we were right all along, you know, don't, but uh, it's quite, it's kind of like a stand-up move uh, and an honest move to just say, well, look, hold on. We thought this, but new evidence has showed otherwise.
1: Yeah, if it wasn't for this va- uh, variant, I mean, this vaccine would have been flying at the moment. Um, mm. Certain countries, for example, um, um, the United Kingdom is still using it. European mm. countries, are um, also uh, still using it uh, because the variant has not really affected those countries. Some of them have restrictions. They don't use it in those over the age of 65 because they're not certain whether it's absolutely safe in that uh, right, age right. group. Other countries don't uh, feel quite comfortable in using it. So it varies. There's always going to be variations because we're in course. the early stages of these vaccine um, uses And of
0: course, they have options. They have options right now. Uh, Doc, secondly, you know, how does this decision uh, affect the general public as far as the vaccination program is
1: concerned? Yeah. You know, uh, the strange thing is there's such a lot of hullaeye about this vaccine and uh, how how it's going to impact the public it's not going to impact the public it was specifically targeted for, healthcare workers so the whole, whole right. batch dr. The whole actually body. mentioned
0: that in 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 the panel the last time dr sadik specifically said uh this is not for the general public it's for the healthcare workers and that the pfizer vaccine will be procured for the for the general public is that correct
1: yeah that's right uh, the there's now again debates we'll have more clarity next week about mm-hmm which vaccine is actually going to be used. Um, maybe if we have time, we can talk about the Johnson & Johnson one a bit later. But mm-hmm. as far as the AstraZeneca vaccine was concerned, it, uh, it was specifically aimed in the rollouts, which was supposed to start next week, um, Monday, uh, for healthcare workers. So they were going to be receiving it. They were going to be the guinea pigs uh, uh, in, in the South African context because they would have been the first people to receive it. But that process has now been put on hold Some Mm. said temporarily, but we will find out in the next few days what's happening.
0: I have to just clarify I know you use the word guinea pigs within the South African context, but surely you're not meaning thereby that they will be the first people to use it and be tested on. Uh, You just mean in terms of. Yeah, because I mean.
1: So they're going to be the first ones who are going to be using it. The, the trials have been done worldwide. I mean, we're looking at mm. tens of thousands of people who've actually gone through phase one. We call it phase one, phase two, phase three trials. Um, Guinea pigs okay. in that they're receiving it. Uh, let me <laughs> rephrase that. Okay.
0: Right, right. Yeah, we have to be very, very careful here. Absolutely. With uh, with, with wording, Subhanallah. Um, then, of course, now. How does the how does this affect severe disease? You know, due to COVID nineteen. So the the AstraZeneca vaccine um, is it is it? You know, there was this discussion about how how it affects severe disease, how it affects mild disease, etc. Can you just give us a a very simple understanding of that?
1: Yes, uh, you know, as I mentioned, there wasn't enough. people taking part in this uh, the particular trial to actually extrapolate mm-hmm. that. So we cannot say that it is efficacious in preventing uh, a severe disease and hospitalization, but we also cannot say it does not help. What we right. can do is to look at other similar vaccines. And this is where the Johnson & Johnson vaccine comes in. Now the Johnson & Johnson one um, is similar to the uh it's in the the way it works, it's called a vector-based vaccine. is similar in principle to the uh, 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 the AstraZeneca vaccine. It and it's uh, also got similar mechanisms. So the whole way that it elicits the immune response is similar. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at the Johnson and Johnson one, which has which had many more people taking part, and which actually in South Africa was tested against the um, the variant as well. Now that vaccine. was efficacious in preventing severe disease in up to 87% of of the people taking part. So clearly, um, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine would be ideal to start using in South Africa. The other advantage of that vaccine is that it's a single shot. The AstraZeneca one Mm. is... Uh, needs two shots, at least a few weeks apart. Some people say even three months apart. But the Johnson & Johnson one is a one-shot vaccine. Um, It's not licensed yet in South Africa. It's just got the uh, license approval in one or two countries at the moment, and they've applied all over the world. But the trials were done in South Africa, and we're not and worldwide. We're not looking at small numbers. Over thirty thousand people took part in that trial. So, if we extrapolate the value of the uh, Johnson and Johnson one um, of eighty-seven percent efficacy in preventing hospitalization and severe mm. disease, then we can. Uh, some people feel that the AstraZeneca one possibly can actually have similar effects. There's a committee. Um, set up by the Department of Health, looking at that at the moment.
0: doc. That is very, uh, very well explained, Shukran. Um, the last of my questions, and then we'll go to the questions of the, of the viewers, there's some very good questions there as well. We'll just try to keep it brief, inshallah. But the last one is, uh, does this mean that uh, these AstraZeneca vaccines, and I saw somebody ask this question as well, I'll just put that question up on the screen, uh, does it mean that these vaccines which expire in April, will be rendered useless. I know some people thought that it's two weeks as the comment uh, stated here as well. Um, Is it two weeks? Is it in April? And does this mean it was a big waste of money? What's going to happen in that regard?
1: Okay. Firstly, this is uncharted territory. Um, The Hmm. official expiry date is April, but that is um, due to stability testing. The, um, is it the, also
0: like at pick-and-pay where you get a best before and expiry day?
1: Absolutely. Now, <laughs> okay. normally when it comes to vaccines, um, all medicines in South Africa have an inherent safety period. But mm. we're looking at, you know, the uncharted territory as far as these particular vaccines are concerned. Now, the mm. Serum Institute of India, which we purchased the vaccines from, is doing longevity tests to find out whether the vaccine is actually efficacious after April, for example. And the way they do it is they look at batches that they produced prior to the one that we have. So they will look at efficacy, stability, and so forth. And that will be announced in the next week or so. So that is as far as the uh, expiry date is concerned. The general feeling is that it probably will be efficacious for another month, but, you know, that we can only speculate about. Now, when it comes to is it a waste of money or not, Mm. Um, we have to indicate that the government bought it in good faith, because right. as i mentioned right at the beginning it had very good efficacy against it the second
0: variant to and to we deal weren't aware of the
1: variant so they mm. bought it in good and there was a lot of competition in fact they were criticized for being so late in buying it now there's mm. a panel looking at the possibility of using it in the high-risk areas in other words looking at what do we want to protect those with comorbidities and those people who are more susceptible to severe disease, and these are, right. for example, the overweight with diabetes, healthcare workers who are older, healthcare workers who have diabetes and other comorbidities. So there is a, uh, a expert group looking at the possibility of targeting only those ones with the uh, with the AstraZeneca vaccine. It won't be okay. uh, make sense to give it to each and every healthcare worker because it's not going to prevent mild disease. And we mm. have to take into account 90% of people who only get mild disease. Mild they disease, don't want to right. give it to, 90, to 90% of youngsters because they're going to get the disease in any case because mm. of the new variant. So the, the plan or the, the, the intention is to look at uh, possibly giving it to those who have comorbidities and who are at high risk who are at higher risk of dying from the disease. So that right. is the intention. But it will only be known in the next week or so.
0: Okay, great. So uh, obviously we, there, there are many other questions and there are many other issues that uh, that we will cover, inshallah, in the upcoming uh, panels. Um, so I'm just going to take a moment before we get to the questions. Doc, uh, on Friday night, that's this Friday, we have an exciting, uh, very important rather, I should say, rather than exciting uh, program with the Mufti of the Muslim Judicial Council, who's going to be clarifying um, the issues regarding the Sharia uh what we noticed is that in the previous panel you know there were so many issues that we now need to isolate them so that we can uh deal with each one you know in the in the respective uh levels of importance so on friday evening that's friday the 12th at quarter past nine that's immediately after aisha inshallah at uh, central african time on the Snad academy youtube page uh, channel so you can subscribe to that to be notified as well as the facebook page that's Isnad academy also it will be broadcast on uh, Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM, as well as on their Facebook page, inshallah. We will be joined by Dr. Salim as well, who will be just commenting wherever necessary on matters of uh, medicine. But Malata is going, to be giving, is going to be giving us an analysis of the Sharia perspective on uh, vaccinations and some very important issues with regards to the historical analysis and intellectual analysis of everything we need to know as Muslims pertaining to the vaccine. And then of course, Doc, we've got Two panelists will be joining us um, on Tuesday, that's next Tuesday, inshallah, uh, the 16th of February um, at 8 o'clock, that's after Maghrib. Can you tell us a bit about Dr Tasneem Suleiman and Dr Shamim Jamdele, uh, just so that the the viewers and the listeners can understand why it's so important to tune into this particular discussion?
1: Yes, um, Dr Tasneem has been instrumental in in, uh, sequencing this particular virus, so she'll be on Top of the game as far as this new variant is concerned, the possibilities of new variants and how vaccination will affect it or will be rendered—I um, I, won't say useless, but it will be rendered. Um, um, Less effective um, as as far as uh, this, these variants are concerned, and and uh, and Dr. Shamim is is Israeli. Really I mean, he wears two hats at UCT. He's an epidemiologist, mm. so he can talk about how the virus is affecting communities. He can, and yeah. he's also the, running clinical trials as far as the vaccines are concerned. Mm. So this they used to focus on tuberculosis because South Africa is really one of the hotspots as far as tuberculosis is right. concerned, but because of the COVID-19 uh, uh, pandemic, that the whole unit, and they are really considered world-class as far as the UCT Lung mm-hmm. Institute is concerned in, in, in this particular uh, field. So he's really at the top of the game as far as the vaccine developments are concerned. He's actually vaccines, worked
0: with the vaccines.
1: He's, like, he's working with them. He's, uh, he's part of yes. the tra- running of the trials. He's one mm-hmm. of the, uh, uh, in the uh, in, uh, investigators in these uh, particular trials. So it's It's really two people who, uh, alhamdulillah, we're proud of having them in our community, mm. but they are really uh, um, experts who are at the top of the field at the moment. We cannot yes, get people more qualified. Uh, when, when I just
0: it. looked at their, uh, not not even CVs, just their job titles and, their field of study as far as their PhDs and their postdoctoral uh, fellowships are concerned. And I was I was taken aback. Uh, these are people within our own community. I mean, Dr. Tasneem, uh, the first South African who actually isolated the virus and did studies on it and so on. So we're very, very uh, happy to have them on on the panel. Um, and we look forward to that discussion on Tuesday. So do subscribe and follow us on the YouTube channel and Facebook page, inshallah, and also tune in on VOC 91.3 uh, Doc, just some very quick questions on the comments, some of them are going to be covered later on, and, and I would leave it up to you to decide which ones you actually want to uh cover now and which ones we'll postpone till Tuesday because we did promise that this will be a short uh discussion. We are now on 23 minutes, inshallah. So okay. let's go. Uh, was this vaccine discovered before the initial pandemic as a precaution for, for whenever there should be a pandemic, or is this something completely new?
1: No, this is some uh, okay. When you talk of the AstraZeneca vaccine, it was developed completely new, but it was developed on the a platform of a vaccine used against Ebola. Um, and the reason it's used on this platform is that it can be produced very quickly and it can be produced in vast quantities compared to the standard ways of using our, our vaccines. So this is a novel vaccine. It's a new one, but it's based on a platform that has been used before and that has been proven to be effective, to be safe, um the platform itself um and also to uh, to be able to be adapted as needed for example it's going to be uh, not too difficult to um adapt the um, vaccine to actually produce a effective vaccine against the new variant
0: right okay and then another one is the the two schools of thought regarding ivermectin
1: No, there isn't two schools of thought. There is the scientific one, uh, which is that it holds possibilities, firstly, and that but you need to do enough trials to uh, to really find out whether it's efficacious or not. And these, unfortunately, have not been done. And again, the mainstream medical fraternity is being. Bombarded by accusations that the the uh, ivermectin is not uh, widely prescribed, the reality is that these studies are just not there as yet. So, and as we in the in the case of the AstraZeneca uh, um, vaccine, can confidently say doesn't work in South Africa because against the new variant, therefore we're taking it off. We cannot say that ivermectin works or does not work as people. Uh, indicated to be. So there is the trials and the studies and the uh, conclusions by social media and internet. And then there is the scientific ones, um, like I alluded to in the first program, where we actually look at uh, PubMed in their publications, which are what we call double blind trials. Again, no one is saying that ivermectin might not work. And some of these uh, studies are encouraging, but we as the medical fraternity can only start prescribing it firstly when it has been proven to be efficacious and secondly um, when there's no safety issues and that hasn't been Mm. published as yet
0: so just to clarify for my own self right i'm not a uh, medical expert but on the one hand you could have someone saying they've tried ivermectin and it worked so anecdotally you know they have they have a case where it worked we don't really know based on science if it was that if it was something else if it was a combination of things what were the circumstances etc So as far as it worked for him, great, alhamdulillah, perhaps it did. But we don't have the science to back it up that on a wide enough scale it has been proven efficacious. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. But there are multiple uh, studies being conducted at the moment. And we remember this, ivermectin has been uh, uh, proposed since April of last year already. I've been following it since the first publication came up and All of us, whether we GPS, whether we specialists, whether we um, epidemiologists, we want an answer. We South Africa. Mm -hmm. I mean, my practice was losing at one stage one or two patients on a daily basis because of this disease. We were looking for things that we could say we want to use this, Um, uh, but the studies for it are not uh, convincing at the moment. We, but it seems that there is positive indications that it might have um, use in uh, general medicine.
0: And, and I really love this comment, uh, one of the listeners, one of the viewers said, Subhanallah, I can see this doctor case so the patients and the virus and how it affects uh, us. Subhanallah, Allah reward you doctor. I mean, and the reason I'm saying I like this comment is not simply because it's a positive comment uh, on the program, but you know, in my situation, sitting here as the as the host of these panel discussions and so on, and trying to be objective and listening to the evidence, I also know some doctors, yourself as well, doc, personally. I mean, we've traveled together, we've shared a room together on Hajj and so on. And uh, it's just, it's it's difficult to, to, you know, listen to advice from somebody such as yourself and then at the same time believe that you are actually out to kill me. So I appreciate the comment because uh, it does come across in your words that, that you do care for us alhamdulillah so may Allah preserve you in that regard um, I you know, did have a that
1: for that, comment. Can oh, I I for that comment again like I said right at the beginning we only work on whatever not only work we work on the evidence we have we will sometimes we work on gut feeling as well um, you know mm-hmm. sometimes my thirty two years of uh, being a GP has helped me in realizing this person is sicker than he presents or is not as right. sick as his symptoms are but, or as his symptoms might appear but really this you know it, it's a it's a case of trying to do the best for your uh, for your patient and again be flexible no. if ivermectin shows to be have uh, good results, we will start using it but we cannot currently because of legislation and because of lack of proof um just willingly start using it. Of
0: course. Hmm. Okay, so Doc, I did have a feeling this would come up when you said this word in jest, but uh, some of the comments have displayed that it was, in fact, like a, an alarm bell that went off when you said guinea pigs before, like, okay. People saying, guinea okay. Pig, scary wording. So, again, okay, let please me, reiterate let me, what let exactly. Clarify uh, the, 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 the
1: first, like? uh, the uh, healthcare workers were going to be the first recipients. Um, mm. of the vaccine in South Africa. They are not uh, guinea pigs because these, the, uh, these these studies were done um, worldwide already looking at tens of thousands of uh, people um, mm. and who were double-blinded. In other words, the person who gave them the injection didn't know what they were giving, whether they were giving the real uh, vaccine or whether they were giving a placebo, which is just a water mm. solution. Um, and the person who receives it was also blinded, they didn't know whether they're getting the uh, vaccine or whether they're getting the placebo. Um, there's no guinea pigs in uh, I mean, I, I use it as the first people, um, right. but no guinea pigs because they are not studies, they are the recipients of the vaccines. Apologies for so, that. Uh,
0: <laughs> no particle um, Okay, so the last question, others are short comments and so on. Uh, will the delay of the vaccine cause the possibility of a third
1: wave? Okay, that is probably the most pertinent question. If you look at countries such as Spain, if you look at countries such as the United Kingdom, and we seem to have been following them, you know, except that we are shifted in time. If you look at the, the first wave, second wave, and they've got third waves, we seem to be heading for a third wave based on their patterns by about May or June. After Ramadan, yes, but it is still um, a prediction that's gonna you no know, that 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 seems to be um what the model modeling is showing at the moment. So yes, mm-hmm. worldwide there has been third waves, and the prediction for South Africa is that there will be a third wave. Well, probably okay,
0: khairan. May Allah save us from that. I mean, uh, we really shalma. don't wanna see that. Uh, so again, look, uh, there's one comment that I'm actually going to comment on. So Brother Siddiqui Kendrick said, Well, no, you can only say your objective when you allow others with a different narrative to give you their view. Now, the thing is here, uh, the program is not intended to be a debate, as I've said uh, many times before in the previous panel. Uh, we have heard, you know, many different views going around in the public. But I have not come across uh, authorities who don't only have knowledge, but they have the authority and have authoritative views to give from scientific perspectives who we can learn from. And the idea is here on this program, we simply want those who not only have the knowledge and have done research but they are also in positions of authority that we can uh, learn from them and we can ask them questions because this is what it's about we as the public uh, we want our information here specifically we we also Muslims, so we want our information from sources we trust who understands the islamic context and the rules and the regulations and so on and we can ask them the idea is not to get uh, all the different opinions that are out there because you know in something such as this the idea is, yeah, get your uh, your authority, get your uh, authentic knowledge from authentic sources, and you can clarify the uh, the mystery if you if you so wish, you know, from that. So we we just here to learn, and of course, if you feel that you want to learn from somebody else or get your information elsewhere, you're more than welcome to do so, inshallah. But yeah, please do. Tune in uh, to the panel discussion on Friday night for the Sharia perspective with Mufti Taha Karan, that's after Aisha at 9.15 and uh, also on Tuesday night uh, at 8 o'clock. On all of the platforms that I mentioned previously and have on screen. So dzakumulah Uh doc. Any uh, last comments from your side?
1: Yes, you know I, I appreciate that there will always be differing differing opinions. What we base our knowledge on is what we call the standard um, methodology of acquiring knowledge. I'm talking about medical knowledge and disseminating that knowledge. And these are the uh, reputable journals, reputable studies, um, and there will always be those who object against um, uh, the findings. There will always be the accusations that Big Pharma is um, manipulating facts. Sometimes there's, um, there, there's, uh, there's substance to it, sometimes there's not. And you know it's up to the viewer then to balance that out. I'm giving the viewpoint that's the standard one, and if it's a debate, uh, I mean the, the radio stations or your prog- uh, your program is more than welcome to arrange that. But this is really not a, at a time when 2.3 million people have passed away. To go into yeah. for that, so I think it's giving yeah. the information people can take, a, can synthesize it, and then decide. Uh, in this case of ivermectin, like I've mentioned, I don't stop people from using it, but neither will I, um, I prescribe it because I'm not allowed to prescribe it unless i filled in the six or six and twenty one mm-hmm. uh, form. Similarly, there's the uh, viewpoint of vaccines. I understand the anguish about the vaccine that we don't really know enough about. I mean, uh, yeah, we but we've got to decide do I want to protect me as a healthcare worker, for example, I mean, in our practice, we've seen over 400 cases. We probably close uh, close to 500 cases. Do I, at my age, want to get the virus and have the 30% possibility of dying uh, dying from it? Or do I take the vaccine, which might uh, protect me at my age in my late 50s um, from severe disease and possibly death? So those are the uh, issues that we have to sit with. Um, And Mm. now Allah Allah guides us, but at the moment, like you mentioned it's a developing science and again yes. what i say today might be different tomorrow I'll, I'll yes, s- i'm even okay. ending up on that today So i was i was the, about to close
0: but uh sister Shaima just reminded me i did overlook her comment um i'm going to just highlight that in the screen uh there was another comment i'm not going to show this up on the screen i think it's a very unfair comment uh you know but to to say something like this is just completely uncalled for different you know the the people on the panel are sometimes perhaps maybe not guinea pigs, but differently recipients of Bill Gates funding, that type of thing to say about my Muslim brothers and sisters, you know, that they're being paid to say these type of things. I mean, subhanAllah, I, I don't even have words for that. And I'm not going to entertain that at all. Uh, so, Doc, with regards to Umrah and Hajj, uh, let's say somebody in the year is going for Umrah. Uh, can they then get vaccinated in another country? You know, we spoke about the whole traveling to another country. You're probably going to need to n- have the vaccine. So, uh, what what's going to happen with okay. it? Do you have any idea? Um,
1: uh, firstly, I don't get any funding from Bill Gates. I don't even know uh, what he looks. I mean, I know what it looks like, but I've never had any association with him uh, or any other of the of the vaccine uh, companies associated with COVID. Maybe with influenza, but nothing other than uh, what i'm speaking to you has got nothing to do with uh, any companies as far as travel yeah. is concerned i miss it's the first time in 20 years i haven't been on hajj it's, it's the first uh, last year the tour last year the year before the two of us mm. were still walking from arafat to muzdalifa i mean there's nothing right. that comes to that when, as far so, as the vaccine is concerned the for example for when you go for umrah oh, the countries are going to most likely insist either that you're vaccinated or that you have proof that you're uh, COVID-19 negative by having a test done. It's yeah. unlikely that they're going to offer people arriving in the countries a vaccine because they will be wanting mm. to use it for their own uh, populations. So. Not to um, I don't think they'll vaccinate you there, but they will insist that you have the vaccine and this concept of a vaccine passport or a vaccine travel document, like you need the yellow fever card for example yes, for Umaran, that's been in place um, for years. Yes um, something similar will come up. It'll probably be electronic because of the possibility of forging it. Um, this is what the uh, what the word through the grapevine is at the moment.
0: Mm. Okay, Barum uh, that was that was the last of it. Again, I'm going to reiterate. Um, Okay, one last one that I also missed, but is, is there any, to what extent does anxiety and panic from the media add to the manner in which people experience symptoms of the virus? Are there studies on this doc? I'm just wondering.
1: Okay, you know, what, what we do for, from our practice point of view, anyone who's COVID positive gets our, our WhatsApp numbers. They have to send in the oximeter meetings, re, uh, readings every day and their pulse. So twice a day, if it's the older people, then they send, take a WhatsApp photo and send it to me. And uh, and my partner, it's not just, uh, I mean, we have Dr. Shafiq Ismail, who's been, uh, I mean, we've together for 30 years already. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the anxiety is unbelievable. Um, you right. know, and it's difficult at times to know is the COVID-19 driving the anxiety or is the, or the, or the disease driving the uh, – the, um, sorry, or is the anxiety driving the, the disease? And whether it's just a vicious cycle or not, the amount of uh, – no. Children, for example, I mean, suicides in certain countries have gone up. The gender-based violence we know has gone up. So the psychological impacts, including anxiety, is mm. totally, totally uh, uh, under underestimated at the moment. We know it's there. It's just that we are so busy with the clinical aspects that the, at the moment, it's not in sufficient time to actually delve into that. But it's so real. It's scary. There. Absolutely. I've heard
0: of a few suicides in the last couple of weeks uh, within our own community, and it, it really is alarming because obviously we know that when they reach that point of suicide, there's been an entire journey that has taken them to that point. And it's that journey that so many people are actually already traversing at this moment in time. Uh, so duas.
1: if I, if I may just add one, this example of what uh, we as general practitioners go through, my mm-hmm. partner, Dr. Shafiq Ismail got a phone call from a lady who's 70 years old. She was in hospital and she said, doc, I can't breathe, help me, help me. Hmm. I can't yes, breathe, I she's 70 years old. Yes, I know. know the doctor who was in charge of that particular hospital. So I phoned him up and said, what's happening in that hospital? They had 10 oxygen points, I might have the number wrong, but they had about 50 patients who needed that oxygen. Now, they've got to decide who of the uh, of the 50 people are gonna go on to those 10 uh, oxygen points. The lady Mm -hmm. of 70 years old was not the candidate for that. And she passed away the next day. So this is real. This is... Affecting not only the patients, not of only their families, it's affecting the healthcare workers as well. And I, I, I think my, you know, we do, we have to give tribute to those people. And I call it presenteeism. They mm. are not absent. They they see this every day, but the next day they're back. And really, mm. we uh, the the frontline healthcare workers, hospital um, doctors. I mean, one of my uh, pulmonologist colleagues, he goes in the mornings. He doesn't even see his normal uh, day-to-day patients. He's in ICU in people. PPE fully clothed up, seeing patients, and he starts at seven o'clock and he finishes at four o'clock, still in you know, those same type of uh, PPE material. Yeah, we really have to, this is a serious disease that we really have to be very, very um, cautious of.
0: I actually failed to mention last time that Mufti Taha, who was present in, in the last panel and will be again on Friday night, just recently, I think it was two or three weeks ago, uh, lost his, his brother, uh, subhanAllah, to COVID and uh obviously it's a very difficult theme and and despite that difficulty he still had to plow his way through and uh you know be there for the community uh such selflessness from both our scholars as well as from our medical fraternity so we ask that allah grant them all those who are alive and dealing with us on the front line grant them the strength the tawfiq and the guidance to deal with it and for those who had passed on allah grant them janital al to yourself doc and all of your colleagues we really appreciate uh, your hard work your sincerity your effort and your time uh being there for the community you know before COVID, through COVID, after COVID, may Allah preserve you all and accept Ameen. you uh, as, as his soldiers. I mean, and uh, we, we look forward to seeing you on Friday night. Again, a reminder to all the viewers and uh, the listeners to kindly uh, subscribe so that you are notified. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, that's the East Night Academy. Like and follow on the Facebook page. Of uh, both the isnaid Academy as well as the v- uh, Voice of the Cape 91.3, and then you'll be notified of the program. That's this Friday at 9:15, and this coming Tuesday at 8 o'clock, inshallah ta'ala. Until then, Jazakumullah khairan wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Doc. Assalamu warahmatullahi wa
1: rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. wa wa barakatuh. Shukran again for the invitation.